0: Welcome to Inside Middle Tennessee. Hey, you're on your timetable. Me and Miss Hickman are our timetable. I know, time I know. It's like I'm the teacher. It's like shh, shh it's time. Uh, but anyway, good morning. Uh, good a morning. blustery day today, y'all. Um, Mary Poppins might yeah. blow in later today. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Um, it, it, it might be a day to fly a kite if you want to get rid of it. <laughs> well, I'll bend Franklin up. Yes. Um, uh, batten down the hatches make sure your garbage <laughs> cans are um tied up so they don't blow away in the movie mary poppins yes
1: what song did they sing i'm asking you, i can't remember what song did they sing when the winds and rain started coming it blew every all the people who were dancing away was that was that in the park or well was there's, that on the rooftops that was on the rooftop. That
2: was the chim chim. Yeah. Chim chim. Chim chim. Chim chim. chim-, 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 chim- Chir- That's right. Yeah, a chim- they all, chim- all, yeah, they a all ran away. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: Back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. But um, at the first, Bert's like, winds in the east. And, you know, it talks yeah, about. when she there's floats in. Float in. So anyway. But uh, I, I'm Sarah Elizabeth Hickman McLeod. I'm the interim zookeeper, our main zookeeper is uh, on vacation, Mm -hmm. which we do allow occasionally. Um, Not me. Really? (laughs) T. T Willie, uh, we we veto his every time he asks, but it's all right. But I'm going to go around and introduce the players this morning, and we have a special guest. Um, T. Willie is uh, steering the Starship. Hey, hey. Miss Sheila Hickman, or Mama at my house. Um, is with us this morning. Good morning. And Representative Scott Sapeki is here. Good
1: morning, everybody. T. Willie, would you be Chekhov or Sulu? <laughs> uh Solo.
3: Solo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And we also have Mary Susan Kennedy, one of the station owners, with us this morning. And our guest is Crystal Woolard from the Star Theater in Pulaski. Good morning. Good
4: morning. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. So, y'all have a fun um, play coming up tonight?
4: We do. We open tonight at the Star Theater in Pulaski, Tennessee. (laughs) <laughs> I can hear myself. It's so strange. It is. Strange. Um, and we open tonight at 7. It's a play within a play. It's a murder mystery, and it's called The Play That Goes Wrong. And oh. as you can imagine, anything that can go wrong during a show does go wrong during this one. So,
0: Very good. So um, so for tickets, are, are y'all sold out for opening night? We are not sold out for opening night. Okay. You can
4: still get tickets. You can... Uh, get them at org slash tickets. That's star with two A's. And you may be able to buy some at the door, but I would encourage you to go ahead and get them online.
0: Okay, and how long does the play run from what dates to what dates?
4: It runs um tonight and tomorrow at seven. We have a matinee Sunday, the Sunday at two o'clock, and then next Friday and Saturday, the tenth and eleventh at seven PM.
0: And the goal of the play is to raise funds for the historic Antoinette Hall, the old opera house upstairs? Yes. Of the Star Theater?
4: Yes. We're performing on the first floor, but above that on the second floor is the uh is the old Antoinette Hall the 1920s opera house it has the raked stage the raked audience seating it's an absolutely beautiful beautiful space and we hope to restore that
0: yes I've been up there um uh in my professional capacity as a historic preservationist and it's something like you would say you would think the phantom of the opera you know you go in it's a old rundown theater you know and you expect some kind of ghost to come out of the corner or something, but it's it's a lovely, uh, and a lovely venue, and a, a it, it will be um, when y'all get it restored. It will be a grand venue for y'all.
4: absolutely, and it's an amazing piece of history. We'd love to preserve.
0: Yes, yes. So um, the play in our, the can you tell us about uh, the actors and actresses in the play or their children, adults, you know, So a it's mixture a of everyone.
4: Sure. It's a cast of seven, um, and I play uh, the stage manager for this little ragtag crew, um, and they're putting on this whodunit mystery. And unfortunately, the main actress gets knocked out during one of the scenes and we have and I get pushed on stage to fill her role script in hand. Oh. So it's it's that sort of thing. So
0: you can cheat with this one. You don't have to memorize a lot. <laughs> so you can have your paper with you. I
4: was so grateful. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because you know how busy everyone is. Yeah.
0: Well, very good. So y'all put on several plays a year. Down there at the Star Theater, correct?
4: Yes. Yes, and the next one I think is Wizard of Oz. I would have to check the dates on that one, but that is also, you can check that at startheater.org. It's
3: a good day for that.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes. Also a good uh, watch for Falling Houses today as well. Um, All our movie references, here we go. Um, And Twister too. Uh, But so, uh, very good. So you can get tickets on the Star Theater website. So star with two A's. Dot org slash tickets yes could they call the box office absolutely
4: and what number is that i will find out okay. and tell you i don't have that okay. information at my fingertips but i know tammy sent that to me so, so it is at um nine three one three six three seven two 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 okay Okay, and,
0: you can, and then y'all have a Facebook page and a website as well um, Yes, to, to look up that. So, well, awesome. Well, that'll be a fun event to go out to, a little nice drive down to Pulaski, eat dinner maybe at one of the fine restaurants downtown.
4: Oh, yes, um, and laugh until your sides hurt. It is such a hilarious show. Very good. Well,
0: thank you for coming in, and we wish y'all the best of luck with your, your play. And so the play, let's go through the dates again. So the play is tonight saturday night and a matinee sunday yes tickets are still available and they can get them on star dot org slash tickets and how much are the tickets
4: i don't remember i didn't buy any oh (laughs) because i'm in it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um let's see 1750? 1750.
0: $17. $17. $17. $17. $17. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good date night kind Yeah, of, uh, And price. it's
4: also on next weekend. Okay. So if you have plans this weekend, come see us next weekend. Okay.
0: Awesome. Well, very good. Well, what else is going on, y'all, today? Scott?
4: I'm still working. Keep
0: going. You're still working? I'm, I'm almost ready. Just keep going. It's been a busy week. Well, T. Willie, what, what, what's going what's on What's going on with sports? Yeah, well, sports. Well,
3: we got a NASCAR truck race here out in Las Vegas. uh, we will broadcast it starting at 7 o'clock tonight on uh, this station, 101.7. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, we've got Alabama basketball. They are at Texas A&M uh, oh. starting at 9.30 in the morning. It's it's an early... Uh, oh,
0: that's an early yeah. game. Well,
3: that's a pregame. Uh, it'll start around 10 o'clock or something. i have to
0: get up early. Yep. Oh. <laughs>
3: and then at uh, uh, one thirty tomorrow afternoon on 103.7, our sister station, uh, Tennessee travels to Auburn. Hopefully, they can uh, pick it up. They just lost one of their star players uh, for the for the rest of the year, so that's going to hurt them. And then the uh, Xfinity Series is in Las Vegas at three o'clock tomorrow on on this station one one point seven. And then Sunday NASCAR, the Cup Series, will be in Las Vegas starting at one thirty. So NASCAR is into their third week already. So uh, all kinds of good stuff coming. We'll have Atlanta Braves baseball. Uh, starting, I believe, in April. I think the last day of March, 1st of April, that'll kick off. And we'll broadcast those games on uh, 103.7 as well. Uh, All the uh, high school uh, teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. Columbia girls had a real good run. Uh, They just got defeated Monday night uh, in overtime. So they played really, really well. Yes,
0: they, I, I watched them this season. I does. want to
2: congratulate the coach Yep, because she was my student at Cox Middle School. There you go. And she has come back to make the community a better place. She was Megan Anderson. She's Megan Moore now yes. mm-hmm. and has just made a remarkable improvement with those girls. I'm oh, very proud of her.
3: Absolutely. Just from the beginning of the season, uh, they, they struggled early on, but uh, they finally found their way. And I mean... They, they, at the end of the season, they were hot. They were one of the hotter teams in girls' basketball.
1: One, one of the problems that we have, especially at Columbia Central, is we bring good coaches in, they make the teams better, and then they take the next job. Mm-hmm. We need somebody that wants to come to Murray County and, stay. and build a career here and a legacy with Columbia Central right. or Sa- or Spring Hill uh-huh. instead of using our counties as stepping stones to other jobs.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Megan is a product of the system, and yeah. she has been here. She's so. likely to stay here. Yeah. I will
2: always say that the people who do the best here, in the schools especially, are the ones who grew up in the system. They make the best band directors, they make the best history teachers, they make the best English teachers like I did. But they uh if but you, they, don't, say
1: so yourself. If you
2: know, don't say so yourself. I know. It was a fine privilege for me to teach and it was even more fun than they can
0: imagine now. So, it is also First Fridays.
2: First
4: Fridays. If they
0: don't blow away in the first place. So, um, Mm -hmm. it's usually 5 to 8 downtown with music and food along the square. Scott, are y'all going to be downtown?
1: Uh, whether no,
0: whether or no. no, no, not this. So no, uh, see, you will <laughs> Representative Specky will not be downtown no. this 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 first Friday. So yeah, common well,
1: sense is the better part of valor.
2: Yes, 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 it sir. Is. yes there yes, may sir.
0: not be anybody downtown.
2: Well,
1: well not
3: because the uh, schools. Uh, I know Murray County, Williamson County, everybody's closed. Today. Snow yes. day, right? It was a snow day today. Well, yeah, it was it's snow like, day.
2: A windy day. Well, we could just have weather days, but I still contend one of the sweetest phrases in the English
0: language is no school in Murray County. I just love it. But I would, <laughs> I would like to say last night at the dinner table, the old director of schools called it before Jack Cobb called it. Wow. Oh. The, our house is continuing our pronosticating. Well, we, it's like an
2: addiction. We just can't quit fiddling with it. It's just We've always got some notion about it. Yeah.
1: So let, let's take a break. We'll come back, and I'll get into what's going on in the, in the General Assembly.
2: Fantastic.
0: Caledonian Financial is a full-service financial planning firm. What we mean by that is we work with young clients, assisting budgeting and Ross, young families with college planning, life and disability insurance, older clients as they bring in 401K rollovers, seek advice with estate and tax planning, and finally with elderly clients when it comes to the distribution phase of their retirement and long-term care options. This is Marianne Stevick with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia.
4: Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC.
5: This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia.
4: Three, two, one.
0: This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. She should be Hello. Welcome back. We also have uh, two guests in the studio. More guests. Our sports
1: bookie came in. The
0: bookie came in. <laughs> Ellie the Greek is here. Stop. Oh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Mr. Hickman is here. Pop is here. So, Scott, what's going on in the... On, in, Nashville. Anything? Anything? Yeah. So we are, <laughs> Surely uh, nothing.
1: So we are in, uh, <coughs> right in the thick of it right now. Committees are about halfway through. Uh, we're probably about three to four weeks uh, at the most from closing subcommittees down, for sure. Okay. Uh, is I've, there a
2: deadline for that? No. no.
1: Just,
2: Just go till you get ready.
1: Well, sort of. We forced the issue. So my last calendar is next week in my subcommittee. So if it's not on notice next week, it's not getting heard this year, in, the, in this session. Uh, most of our committees are starting to announce on the House floor that they're going to be shutting down. Now, the full committees will still be conducting the business to finish up. Budget is still ways off from being done, um, but uh, we have started the process right now. Uh, right now, for me, I've got seven bills on notice next week. Um, I'll go through them real quick. The Healthcare Worker Protection Act that, that we put on that yes. is, that's coming back up now on special calendar we're hoping to get that one pushed through over to finance and get that one swept up through the budget's only I think only has like a $15,000 fiscal note which should not be a problem that one should pass. The $300 stipend for teachers that I've been asked to lower from 500 to 300 that did pass the committee. That's going to finance right now. We are hoping for a funding letter from the governor because in the BEP we had an allocation for $200 for teachers. In the new TISA funding formula there is none. 0 Oh, uh, it's up to the locals to provide those funds. Not not provide them. It's in TISA, but it's not allocated. Okay. So we're giving them the flexibility, which means they may not do it. So we're trying to create this process outside of it and give a bump uh, because it's outside of TISA now. The new funding formula. It's a six million dollar fiscal note.
0: Okay. Well, the so,
2: poor old teachers need that money. So, so
1: we're, we hope we can get that through the governor or through the speaker. Um, house Bill 340, that did pass. That's going to be going to the House floor. That added, if you make a threat against a school or a school activity of mass violence, that is zero tolerance. will be suspended for a year.
2: Oh, very good. Very good. I'd vote for that.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, House Bill three ninety one is the short term credentials bill, like a Columbia State we're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to roll it this week because I was being nice to some people that were in in committee because I'm on this committee, uh-huh. and so you kind of just say, okay, go ahead and you can run yours. Well, we didn't get back to it, so it's going to be on notice this week. That bill will pass, and we've been we've been told that 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 is funded this year in either the governor's supplemental budget or the general assembly will pick that up. So now we'll be offering scholarships for uh, line workers. Heavy equipment operators, CDLs, health sciences—all different kinds of things for these people who want. Maybe you are in some kind of field and you mm-hmm. want to get a, a certificate to be able to make more money. Mm-hmm. Now you can p- pull down a scholarship for that.
0: Oh, that's very good. Yeah, that is good.
1: Um, House Bill 447 is Murray County's Scenic River Waterway Bill. Uh huh. Um, it did pass the subcommittee this week. There were no. There was no opposition to it. There was questions, but no opposition. Goes to full ag. I'm sure there'll be questions this this week. Yes. Um, and so hopefully we'll be able to push that one through. Once that clears the committee, Senator Hensley will have it on Tuesday in committee. Um, If we both clear our our committees next week, probably Monday, a week Mm -hmm. from this morning, it'll be on the House floor and Senate floor. For a final vote, and then um, th- th- that'll be a scenic w- uh, waterway.
0: And that's a state level. That's not a federal level. Right, scenic state. Waterway.
1: And so what so. it does is, Murray County, if you remember this, during the whole Duck River thing back in 2012, uh, we, we led the push and already put this overlay in place.
0: Uh-huh, yes. What, what we're
1: going to do is we're going to extend it officially as a scenic waterway, Class 2, at the state level, which means it brings per- it brings protections in on that water source from the state level.
2: Okay. That's all done. Well, that is so important.
1: Yep. Uh, the dual enrollment, uh, House Bill 1075, that did pass, allowing sophomores now to take advantage of dual enrollment at community colleges. Okay. It was limited to juniors and seniors, so we're, uh, the bill I'm carrying is going to expand that to sophomores, which syncs it up with our TCAT centers that allow sophomores, juniors, and seniors to take advantage of dual enrollment. So that bill will go to finance. has a very small fiscal note. Should not. Oh, that's in the lottery. I've uh, already talked to uh, the Tennessee Higher Education Commission. And they have signed off on it, so that should be funded in the budget. should not be a problem. Okay. Uh, the big bill that everybody's worried about is the Taxpayer Protection Relief Act. Yes. Um, we, a week ago, we had worked the committee. We had a 5-3 slim majority. Uh, Senator Hensley thought he had his five votes. Monday night on the House floor, we got called into a meeting real quick outside the chambers, and we were told that our bill in the House was going to go down 8-0. And it was going to go down. Uh, They only had three votes, possibly only two in the Senate. Uh, Builders and realtors worked it very hard over over that weekend and rallied uh, the troops. And uh, the the, um, chairman of those committees received pretty good contributions from the builders and realtors. And so they shut that bill down pretty quick. We are working on a compromise right now, trying to find some common ground. Uh, There's possibly some legislation going to come forward that basically says this. The problems with growth are the cities. Yes. That's the problem, okay? They want to grow, they want to grow, they want to grow. But what happens is a lot of these infrastructure costs get kicked over to the cities. or I'm sorry, the counties. And so the counties have to step in with schools, funding schools, and funding other things, which causes a tax increase like we just went through in our county. And so we're thinking about running a bill that says, like, if you're going to be annexed, they have to come and say, are you okay with being annexed? The city does. Mm-hmm. You can say no, and they can't annex you, Right. We're going to pass a bill, we believe, that's going to state this, is if a city wants to annex property and there is a a detrimental financial cost to the county, the county can say no to that annexation. Oh, that's interesting. Because the county has a vested interest. Yes. And so to protect the county from higher costs that the cities are not incurring because the cities have the ability to pass an impact fee to charge the builders for growth that the that the counties don't have. Counties have to continually build schools on the taxpayer's dime that are here.
4: Mm-hmm. And, and, so, more and so, and more people come right.
1: in. The more and, and so more schools possibly giving them the ability to say, you know, hold on, we can't afford that right now. Mm-hmm. Hold off. And so therefore we uh, the counties would have a say in this. Uh, th- that language is being written. We're going to try to float it to see if that's a compromise that we can get through the builders and, and, and the realtors and say, look, you don't like the impact fees. That's fine. Then let's have a let's have an alternative here where the people of the county who live in a county across the whole county, they can have a say whether or not they want this annexation to take place which causes them to have to pay more money. Mm-hmm. It makes it seems fair to me. But you know what? Fair and right and wrong is <laughs> It vanishes when you get up it's in the Davidson a, County.
2: Yeah. It's a negotiable. <laughs>
1: and then um, we've been working on this third grade retention bill. Uh, we've been having hearings for the last month and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Pearson, the testing vendor, come in this week. Um, I urge you, if you haven't, if you, if you, if you haven't seen that testimony, go to the Tennessee General Assembly uh, uh, website. Go into archives of video. Look at the Education Instruction Full Committee from last week. With that, it was a two-hour testimony. Wow, And we learned everything about how this test is made. And what I didn't realize is that Pearson creates the test, right, based off of our Tennessee standards. But then they bring teacher groups in from Tennessee to look at the questions to make sure that they align the standards. And if the teachers of that group don't like the question, they can kick the question and they have to write a new one that they have to approve. And they have final say on the test before it before it's, it's it's given out.
2: Well, wonder who those teachers yeah, are. Yeah, wonder who so, those people are. So what, so what? So what?
1: And if you watch it, what Pearson says is they put out flyers. What they're
2: asking for? They say,
1: "Hey, we need teachers to come in and sit on these review boards, mm-hmm. and it's all grade level specific, right? Yes. And they're not going to ask a high school teacher look at something in kindergarten or first grade, right? No. So our so, third grade, I should say, and so it's uh, it's very interesting how, and how they create them, and then they we asked them about the third grade test, right? Mm-hmm. How, okay, they do twenty seven states. They're the largest vendor in the world. Mm-hmm. They, they do twenty-seven states in our country. In third grade, how different are the tests? And they basically said, except for a very couple things, that are Tennessee flavored, they're all pretty much the same in third grade. Oh, so there's not much difference from from state to state. The banks of questions, right? I mean, you can only ask what is a noun, how many di- so many different ways, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. I mean, that you does know.
2: not vary from north to south, right?
1: I mean, it is what it is. Mathematics, right? Yes. It, it, Two plus two is four. Or, yeah, I mean, or
0: they have to change those terrible right. word problems. Sally right. has four apples. She takes away so, six. Right, and yeah. so what the
1: teachers will do is they'll look at the word problems, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? You've got girl, girl, girl. Let, let's throw a boy in here asking a question, right? Mm-hmm. Or apples, apples, let's throw an orange in. Or or maybe something unique to Tennessee, like how many raccoons, right? You know, yeah. Or how many turkeys, <laughs> right? And so that's the flavor that comes in is making making it unique. To, to, and they can do it where... Um, if things change in the state, right, let's say we have a new state bird or something like that, they can adjust accordingly. Okay. But but uh, the good news is for teachers, this is the best news we've found out. Pearson and other states every year releases the entire test to the teachers after it's been given because, oh. because they don't use those questions now for another five years. Mm-hmm. We don't have a big... Because the vendors we've had before this, and I know Mr. Hickman's standing here, the older Mr. Hickman. Um, <laughs> he knows that the, the, the testing vendors were terrible. And, and the servers, the whole thing was just a, a catastrophe. Well, they've spent... Pearson, since they come on for the last four years, is building a question bank, right? And they're sending them down to teachers that they say, hey, what is this a good question for your grade level on this standard? And they're building and building this bank... To the point right now where, in two more years, we'll have enough questions in our test bank that at the end of the testing year, when the test is done and all the grades are given, we'll be able to send that complete test down for the teachers to have. Because you know, like in college, if you get previous tests from people of your professor, you can understand how they're asking a question.
0: Yeah. We had a drawer in the sorority room that had go. old tests, old syllabus, old stuff in it for people to figure out what professor to take right. and everything.
1: Well, and how they're going to ask a particular yes. question, right? Yes. If you had, if you had <laughs> Mrs. Hickman in English. And you had Paige Chamberlain in English, right? Yeah. It's the same topic, but they're going to ask it a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So if you understand, as a teacher, if you understand how the state is going to ask ask your student how to answer this question, mm-hmm. you can make sure you're teaching it so the kid understands it
2: coming from that point of view. Okay. All and right. So, there's, there's such a thing as being test-wise. Right. And that's what you're talking about. And, and I always told my students you study for the test in the same way that you're going to be tested for the test. That's correct. If you have some other notion about looking at the words and, and remembering them, good luck. You better right. get you a pencil and paper. Right. But but that is, that is being test wise, and that mm-hmm. will be an advantage for the teachers It'll to just out. know what the what the thinking is behind it.
1: And so uh, that went very well. So I'd, I would urge everybody to go watch that and watch most of our hearings. They were very very informative.
0: I sometimes I watch them just to see what's going on. And um, then
1: um, um, and then so we're up against a break. We're okay still.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> got
3: about eight minutes.
1: Eight minutes. Ooh, I gotta talk for eight oh. more minutes. Hard to do. Oh come
0: can, on can Scott. Can you do it, Scott? <laughs>
1: so then um so that's very interesting. So what we've what we've realized is now, aside from the writing portion, right? Yes. And and a lot of people have consternation.
0: Uh where's my bail? I gotta get my bail. A
1: lot of people have consternation over <laughs> that the TCAP test not only is reading and comprehension, but a significant portion of it is writing. Yes. However, we are retaining children based off of their inability to read and comprehend. That's what we say in Nashville, right? Yes. And so uh, we are working with Commissioner Schwinn and the vendor, Pearson. We believe that not this year, but we believe next year when the kids take the TCAP test that we will be able to filter out an English language arts score, a reading and comprehension score, and then a separate writing score. So now, when we're looking at the retention on our students in third grade, or for that, with any grade, right? Mm-hmm. We will know based off of the reading and comprehension of the fundamentals and basics of this grade level, this student is on track. Now, writing is not something you are you could be gifted with it, but it requires repetitive work. You have to learn
2: the more how you, to Yes, write, yes, right? yes, you do learn and how so to write. T-
1: to hold a child back because they don't write well maybe isn't the best thing to do because you can continue to work on that mm-hmm. repetitively and get better and better well, and better. Well, your writer's
0: lives. voice comes into play Correct. eventually.
1: Yeah. But if you can't read and comprehend, it doesn't matter.
0: No. no. Have,
1: and so that's what we're working on. Uh, I think you'll see that change next year. It's too close to testing. We can't do it. Um, you'll probably see some more tweaks the following year. There are going to be There's a retention tweak coming from the General Assembly. It'll be on in the House on Tuesday. Okay. and yours truly will be carrying it I've been nominated to carry it so it's going to do a couple things uh, a couple common sense things but pretty much I'm going to tell you right now the retention bill is going to stay where it is because we cannot keep pushing these kids forward that can't read
2: we well that makes a great deal, deal of sense oh. but we have got to have that summer school and those tutors mm-hmm. because some of these children just need that extra push
1: so we're also working on I got time Willie, keep going I got time so another th- so uh, Miss Hickman talked about tutors. Yes. Okay. We do not have enough. We do not have enough, and I talked about this at. Um,
0: at exit issues, and issues like, right?
1: But yes. We probably have over the age of forty right now, right? Probably the most educated people ever in our country.
2: Yeah, at this time. I would say that. Yeah. Yes, because right? most of us are from that group right. that. Our parents didn't necessarily get to go to college, but they saw to it Mm -hmm. that we did.
1: And a lot of the people over 40 have been educated off the old foundational basics and principles of education. And so our background is very good. Our phonics are very good. We We know how to read. We can teach. We can help people learn how to read. And so what we're looking at are possibly allowing time off, paid time off for state employees to volunteer in our elementary schools to help kids learn how to read.
0: Oh, that would be wonderful.
1: Also working with National Guard members that miss their serving time. They have to make things up, mm-hmm. make their t- make their time up in our elementary schools helping kids learn how to read. Oh, that would be neat. Those Just... two people right there, those two entities, there's roughly 78,000 state employees in the state of Tennessee, and there's 46,000 National Guardsmen and women. That would mean we could have a tutoring force of about 120,000 Tennesseans. Well, that's our,
2: about how many we need.
1: In our early elementary of people who live here,
2: mm-hmm. who
1: are parents, who are vested in education, right? Yes. And so we're trying to make that connection of parents and schools working together to help the students' needs, not only at home but in, in the classroom. And it's we find it's better that if you have tutors in the classroom, teachers' assistants... That'll be a fine.
3: Not me. Eddie Hickman will be buying lunch for everybody today.
1: That, if you were in a General Assembly, Mr. Hickman, you'd be buying lunch for everybody today. But um, we, we are trying to – we found that if you have the teacher's assistance in those, in those early grade levels where mm-hmm. you have a certified teacher and somebody in there who is trained to help, yes. you can get a lot more done in the classroom – than having to remove kids for, for response to intervention, RTI.
0: Yes. We, we, it
1: works better. And you don't miss the lesson. No. So that's where we're trying to focus on. So that's some of the stuff that's going on. Um, and then we're probably this year, because we've done so much with phonics, with literacy, with summer school. And by the way, Miss Hickman talked about summer school and uh, tutoring. That is all funded by the state of Tennessee. There is no match locally for that. That's all state of Tennessee money.
2: And and can uh, will they allow folks around here to apply for those jobs? They
1: would, um, Mrs. Hickman. I'm sure they would take you in a heartbeat. <laughs> and, and Mr. Hickman, you too. I mean, you're you're certified. You're ready to go back to work. Sarah Elizabeth, T. Willie, you know how to read, right? <laughs> Mostly, yes. <T>. Willie, <laughs> yes. Don't try to get out of it. And we got you know we got Delk sitting here, yeah, the master, is- the master of. Of wordology, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> so and, and you know sure what, and myself, right? Yeah. yes I mean, mm-hmm. an hour a week sitting with a kid, especially. I mean, could you think of our, our the role models our military would be with these? kids Oh,
2: I thought of that too. That would just be I mean, fine. Golly. And, or and then, a doctor, or well, how a nurse. about this?
1: And especially if they're in their uniforms, right? Oh, right. I like that. Yeah. A little bit safer schools,
2: Yes, yeah mm-hmm. yes. A bit
1: safer schools right
2: yes well how would how would that be administered? would that be to the local mm-hmm. education the, yeah. the like Murray county'd have to come up with a plan to do that yeah,
1: and what they do is i I think it's called viper, is that what it's called I so. well, it, it, when you go into a school, you have to hand them your driver's license yes, yes. and they run it through the database real quick yes. right, yeah, so now, Delk, I don't know if you qualify because we know you're shady past here. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. But you go into school. Like, if I wanted to volunteer in a school and say, hey, I want to go help a teacher in first grade. I don't care who it is. I'm here to help kids learn how to read, right? Mm-hmm. They could set up a policy in Murray County or across the state of Tennessee that says when you show up to volunteer, you present your driver's license. They run you through Viper or whatever it's called. They make sure you're okay. Raptor. Raptor. It? Raptor. Raptor, that's Raptor. what it is. And it was some kind of... Oh, and then, uh, and then you know, they, they give you your ID badge, yes. yeah, and they'll 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 walk you down to Mrs. Jones' class, and you'll sit there in class, and you'll help kids learn how to read, mm-hmm. help them read, and better well, yet, sometimes just read to
0: them. Well, and that's a like a community service of her, and, and it makes you feel like you're helping, mm-hmm. you know, like a fulfilling kind of thing. Now, so.
1: high schools already have this ability for students to be able to go back and be tutors in elementary school.
0: Yeah. So yeah. If, Didn't you do that? I did that.
1: So if, if we have it for our high school students, we could do this for our state employees. That's 78,000 people. And the military would be all over this because you're building that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're building the trust in the people that are in your community, which would be fantastic. And I'd love to be able to walk into Brown or Wood or whatever, right, and you see 50, 60 people in there volunteering to read and help kids learn how to read every day. It will solve our reading problem very quickly.
5: Yeah. Well, the teachers and, and would. Scott, uh, Scott, I'll say this though: your your passion uh, for secondary education uh, and your knowledge uh, and your study of it, uh, it, at least for me personally, it, it gives us it gives me hope that at, in Tennessee we're going to get uh, secondary education right, and uh, uh, and it's not right at the present time. We've got to be we have to be honest with ourselves about that. And uh, it's in everybody's interest. I mean, everybody, uh, from zero to 100, uh, for secondary education to be done right. And uh, uh, so I, I commend you for it. Thank you. I appreciate that. So we are working on – now
1: we got to take a break. Yeah, we got to take a break. Well, let's take a break, and we'll continue this, story, this conversation, I should say, not story. <laughs>
4: Here we go.
5: You're listening to the best in
1: news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM
0: 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we're back. Lively Conversations is always all fair, which we do enjoy here. By the way,
1: that was not a live Commercial by Jim Ross from the beach. That was no. a taped recording. <laughs> he, yeah, he
0: was calling he, in. Yeah, he could call in. He was t- doing
1: that thing. What's it called? V- what v- uh, uh, they vacation. Vacation. Yeah, vacation. I don't know what that word know. is. That <laughs> is.
0: <laughs> well, we got Over. Del
1: Kenny here, the slave driver of this radio station. Mm-hmm. I, I need. We need pay increase on this show. What do you think?
5: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> will you, will you double our. What, pay? what
5: about one hundred percent?
1: Yeah.
4: So all right. So we. So as we <laughs> as we
1: continue. Here's what you're probably going to see over the summer. Uh-oh. Hold on. I just passed a note here. <laughs> and, yes, I do have it. You've you got tie. All right. So one of the things that we are getting ready to do. So over the last five years since I've been in General Assembly, mm-hmm. we have gone back to phonics education, right? We have paid across the state of Tennessee every
5: teacher $1,000. I, take I don't, the, don't see how we ever left phonics education. Because some, well, hold on. We because they can tell us. Well, that.
2: you know, there's always some kind of education reform, and somebody came along with a set of books and a philosophy, and they said, "Well, you should you should forego phonics, and let's just do total sight words." And then it'll go back the other way. You just wait. They will say we should do away with phonics. Let's just do those don't sh- sight words. It's just it's just a matter of the, which way the wind's blowing.
5: I guess. I just don't see how you learn to read without phonics.
2: <laughs> so the thing, I don't get
1: it. So over the last five years, what we're trying to do in the General Assembly is wrestle away control of education from the department. And here's the reason why. In four more years, we're going to have a governor's election, right? And we're going to have a new governor, because governor will be termed out. Yes. We'll have a new governor in Tennessee who's going to hire...
2: A new, a new commissioner, commissioner of
5: education, education. from and Borneo. New, and that new. <laughs> <laughs> Borneo. Where, how did Borneo get in on the.
2: Because air? we don't have anybody in Tennessee that can run our systems. We have to bring somebody in, even from a foreign country or the, just anywhere. Uh, That's the my wild man from Borneo. That's right.
5: That is going,
1: an ostentatious. Yeah, statement. Look that one. Up. <laughs>
2: but we do we are so bad about that there are plenty of people who can run things who were born and bred or who have lived here a long time who can run things and instead of depending on people who've been here and know what's going on we say oh let's hire somebody from way far off because that person may come in here and straighten us out what happens is that person comes in here and makes a big fat mess for the next person to straighten out
1: Sheila Hickman for Commissioner of Education. Correct. <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> so w- w- so we have this constant change yes. every new governor, right? Yeah. And if Commissioner Schwinn would leave before Governor Lee does, we'll have a new commissioner that has different ideas. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we've seen in states that are very successful in education is the bulk of the decisions are made in education by the General Assembly the, c- because we're a little bit more stable— We're closer to the people who are in the classroom. Trust me, I spend a lot of time in classrooms talking to teachers. Most of the bills that I've come up with are because of conversations with teachers, right? The teachers will tell you how to solve the problems. you just got to listen to them. So um, we have made a concerted effort in the General Assembly to try to direct a lot of the policies in education, which now, with the literacy bill, with the retention bill, with the learning loss bill, with going back to phonics, right? Uh, The bill that I have for kindergarten retention, Mm -hmm. we've done some studies on it. We think it's going to be better off to bump that to first grade. Okay. Because now they've gone through the rigors of an academic year, actually. Yes. And now we'll get a better idea of are they on track or are they not. And if they're not... We'll just hold them that extra year in first grade, get them a tutor to help them on their shortcomings, and then when they go to second, they're on grade level because that's a year away from taking the TCAP test in third grade.
2: Well, Are we going to call it first grade and first grade again, or are we going to call it first grade A and first grade B? Just be
1: first grade again, but you'll be assigned a tutor when you go back through through to first grade again to make sure that that tutor knows what your shortcomings are and help you alleviate those so that when you do take, when you are ready to go to second grade, you are on grade level. You've mastered what you're supposed to. Therefore, that second grade teacher is getting a classroom, and I never, every teacher is going to go, praise the Lord, that has a classroom
5: full of kids that are on grade level.
2: Oh, that I mean, now, now,
5: Scott, that's a shift, though, is it not, from, I mean, our previous conversations have been about uh, holding them in kindergarten. Yes, And uh, so now we're talking about first grade. Is yeah. there a reason behind that? There
1: is. So talking to educators, which is what my job is, Uh, Educators said, it's a good idea, however, we're not doing the academic rigor of what first grade is. First first grade is when the structure of education starts to happen. Mathematics, English language arts, science, social studies, right? The structure of a classroom in a day, right? Now they're going to school the whole day, right? Lunch involved, recess involved. And so what they found is states that have retained in kindergarten have had better results but they but then in first grade they're finding out that the kids still may be behind because they weren't taught the rigor there's not that rigor in kindergarten Mm -hmm. whereas if you hold them in first grade now you have a good snapshot of who's on grade level and who's not and so before they go to second grade you make sure that one they, they understand what they're supposed to and they can understand how to do a a normal day of school day in and day out mm-hmm. and so this the, the states that have done this are the ones that are in the top 10 so we tend to go look at people that are doing it very well and say what are you doing and try to bring that nugget back and say you know what this makes sense and um, conversation look. with teachers superintendents going look it's a great idea in kindergarten however first grade is going to give us a better idea of who's on grade level and who's not It's less subjective.
2: And there's there's that degree of maturity there that is so essential to being ready to learn. Mm -hmm. So that
1: bill will be coming out pretty shortly here, probably in two weeks that'll that'll run.
2: Uh, And
1: then the other bill we're going to run is we're going to require the standards to be broken up into foundational and advanced. Okay. Our test is going to reflect foundational evaluation and advanced. So we're going to be looking for the kids that when they take their TCAP tests, can they answer the foundational questions of that of that rigor of that year, correctly or not? If they can answer advanced questions, we got an AP kit, right? Yes, but we want to make sure everybody can answer the foundational principles. So then when we start giving these tests back to the teachers,
2: right? Yes,
1: they'll know what the foundational principles are and how they how those standards are being linked up in a question so that we can make sure that, hey, you know what, Billy, I'd like you to know this one, but you got to know this first. Before I can teach you the advanced portion of this, you got to know this one.
0: Well, it's like when we get to high school, or when I was in high school, we had advanced and regular classes. Yes. There yes. was a division. So,
2: But the, but the, I, I taught everything, but the I, one year I was lucky enough to teach all accelerated classes, and boy, you can fly with yes. them. You don't have yes. to say, do you have
0: a pencil? No. Where's your paper? And,
1: and then so, Last two weeks ago, we had Hume Fogg come in, right? Yes, and that was exactly what the teacher said. I asked, I said, Okay, tell me what is the key because they're all level five mm-hmm. at Hume Fogg. Well, these are kids that are at the highest level, and you're still growing them at a level five rate because proficiency does equal growth, yes, right? And so the teacher said, Well, first of all, you know, they have to be a B student, they have to be advanced or proficient under TCAP, right. But they're all on grade level.
0: Mm-hmm. They're all ready to go. Yeah.
1: And they said when when we get a, a freshman class at Hume Fogg, everybody knows. They're ready to roll. And the teacher just hits the ground and says, Here we go. That's mm-hmm. right. And starts pushing them. And we've got Harvard, we've got Yale, we got Princeton, we got Stanford, we got Northwestern coming in and scholarship at these kids out of Hume Fogg. Full mm-hmm. rides to these great institutions of knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so the key is you got to get them on grade level early. you got to keep them on grade level. And I think if we get them on grade level to start, I think our teachers will keep them on grade level. Oh, and, and yes. Then, and then we're going to look at the standards and try to make sure that they're grade level appropriate and there's not too many of them and give them time to do with that. But I think the greatest thing we can create with time is the foundational and advanced standards.
2: Mm-hmm. And make sure that, that the information gets to the teachers yes. for each student. Yes. Just don't give me, when I was teaching the last Time when I was teaching at Cox, they told me that um, they Mary Real was wonderful principal, so good to me, and and she took brought me in and she said, "Now you have perfectly wonderful test scores." and they're all above the national average, and she did all this, and it's correct, minus one or two, or, you know, that variable that's in there. Well, I just felt wonderful about it, but I just didn't know exactly how that fit into what I was doing. And the other thing she would say, she would. I was, I was the oldest person in that building. I've told you all that before. And she would say, can't you explain to these young teachers what you do? And I said... I can't explain what I do I know what I do mm-hmm. it's what I wanted to do and and the young teachers now do not have the same opportunity to grow and develop that I did mm-hmm. they they are under so many restrictions mm-hmm. that they don't have a chance to develop a teaching style and to know what works and what doesn't. You know pretty quick when you start out and it doesn't work and it's such a mess. I gave, the very first test I gave in American literature was perfectly horrible. I should never have given that to anybody. And they all made horrible grades and I was so aggravated and then I thought, I didn't teach them all that stuff. Where they were supposed to read the footnotes, they were supposed to read the marginalia. They weren't supposed to take notes. Well, these were just high school kids, and I was just—that was wrong. I, that was a terrible test. I—I I don't know if I have a copy or not, but I should be embarrassed. But we have found that children that teachers need to know if if this if this child is not on grade level, let me know. That he's not on grade level. Just don't give me some test scores and say you did perfectly wonderful. How did you do it? That's that defeats the purpose of the testing. That's just mm-hmm. testing for testing's sake. But the score has got to go to the teacher who's going to have that child.
1: She's been. She's got my office bugged. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, increasing the standards from six years to eight years. Gives teachers more time to become familiar with the information and be able to discern it better and disseminate it better to our to our children.
0: (laughs) Delayed response today. (laughs) But uh, uh,
1: so we're getting to a point right now where we got to kind of stop and we got to wait and we got to let it happen now, right? mm -hmm. And let everything kind of percolate in in English language arts. Yes. And then come back in maybe a couple years and say, hey, this is working really well ooh, this didn't work out very well. How can we fix this area? And start to heal things that that are broken and see things that are still broken and then start to address those. So what you'll probably see this summer is, um, uh, one, we're probably going to start to form a committee to look at the process of getting out of the federal money to give more autonomy locally. And number two is to start looking at what do we need to do in mathematics now in early education? start, you know, the literacy bill, the phonics bill, there are things that teachers will tell me, probably sitting pretty close to me, of how mathematics used to be done, right? Memorize. That we were how (laughs) successful. And and, and here's what I'll go back to. Multiplication tables? Yes. Yes. Do you remember the movie Hidden Figures? Yes. Yes. Okay. Slide rules. Yes. Memorization of formulas. Yes. Application of the formulas, right? Yeah. M- uh multiplication tables, right? How how do you learn multiplication tables? By memorizing. By, by memorizing I have memorizing.
0: a record set that's the multiplication I do, here. it's forty fives. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I learned the multiplication tables. So
1: table. we're gonna be looking to start to transition now. We've gotta let we gotta let English language arts kind of set up for a while now mm-hmm. and see and see the results. Yes. That now we're gonna to start to transition to mathematics. And so now I'll be going back around to talk to everybody about okay, we're gonna stop talking about English language arts. Now you need to start talking about mathematics.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: What do, how do we go back to the way we used to do it? All
5: right, once you start these things. Yeah, get closer to the microphone, you talk. You gotta... Once you start this plan, what's the timetable? Are well, you going to do it for one year or are you going to have a three-year plan and then, you know, after the second year, you're going to start tweaking it? you got to get a plan right. to where you stay in it a while, yeah. three to five years, right. before th- you start tinkering with it. Yeah.
1: I think I think the goal would be, and that was Eddie Hickman, the old director of schools she here. Was, yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> you, you,
1: know, you have to you have to announce who you are so people know who you are. Everybody but, knows his but, voice. <laughs> um, one of the things that I'd like to see, right, uh-huh. is um, pull up what we used to do in the 70s and 80s in mathematics and early education, right?
0: Yes.
1: And look at what we do now and see how different it is, It's right?
0: completely it different. Is okay, completely. Well,
1: here's the question. Why?
0: Because some new person <laughs> thought of a new way to do it Ellie Grace it, and the money money yeah. and then Ellie Grace's math one night we we take turns helping her and mm-hmm. they'll say she's like that's not how we do it mom correct And I said but that's how I know how to do it so, <laughs> so
1: my boys go to private school you know yeah that. and we were doing multiplication tables when they were younger
0: uh-huh and you know
1: I was carried you know 71 carried a seven blah 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 right and I said, "There's your answer." And they're like, "No, Dad, you can't do it like that."
2: No, you've got to I'm break like, it down.
1: I'm like, "Let me tell you something.
2: That answer is What? Right. <laughs> I mean, what? It's I mean, like mathematics had not changed
5: since the Egyptians invented draw, it five thousand years lines ago. Lines on
1: the
2: page, yeah, and, and the circle. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, if you understand mathematics, right? Uh-huh. If you understand, if you can memorize one through twelve on multiplication tables, right? Yeah. And you understand. Nine times nine is 81, carry the eight, right? Move the eight, right? All I know is in
5: 1965 at MacDowell School, they did it right.